Hi, I'm Jeff Andrews of Jeff Andrews Design, and you're listening to Convo by Design. I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. In this, another episode of The Showroom, a partnership between Convo by Design and Walker Zanger, featuring designer Tamara Avila, the creative force behind Tamara Renee Designs in Seal Beach, California. Tammy is the rare designer who also owns and operates a design showroom. Many designers think about opening a showroom, or more precisely, thought about it prior to COVID, but will be thinking about it again when things return to some sense of normalcy, whatever that means. Erica Ediganessen, marketing director with Walker Zanger, and I speak with Tammy about her firm, design style, trends in the design space, and explore her work from a designer's perspective. This is a deep dive into the industry and an exploration into the unique world of design and architecture, as always. Are you subscribing to the podcast? If not, please do, so you get every episode automatically when they're published. You can find Convo by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcasts, and now you can find us on designnetwork.org, a destination dedicated to podcasts, all things design and architecture. So, please, check it out. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zenger, a progressive brand that was built on a promise to provide designers, architects, and homeowners with the right materials to do their very best work. That promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But it's more than that. Walker Zanger believes strongly in serving the trade with a trade program that makes the specifying process simple with the support you need. They've been staunch supporters of the trade since 1952. In 2020, I launched a series in partnership with Walker Zanger called The Showroom. This intimate interview series showcases some of the very best creatives in the business today. Please join us live or catch every episode recorded so you can enjoy it on your schedule. Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. So check out any of their showrooms across the country or shop online. Walker Zanger. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. So thank you all for joining. Um, Your line will be muted, but I do encourage you to use the chat feature to ask questions. Um, I can have the power to interrupt Josh and ask any questions that there may be. Um, but with that, I will hand it over to Josh. Thank you, Erica. And I, and I do, I do love your interruptions. I really do. Um, <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Happy New Year. I hope it's not still too late to say Happy New Year, um, but it certainly does feel like a new year, thank God, which is, uh, I feel like we're going in the right direction. And, you know, with that, I do hope that we don't have to stop doing these Zoom gatherings. Now, that being said, I do look forward to seeing all your lovely faces in person, but um, I've, I've also really enjoyed these. Um, thank you for joining us today, the showroom is presented by Walker Zanger, a remarkable partner. So Erica, thank you and your team for doing this today. So excited to welcome uh, Tamara Renee, Tammy. We're, we're old friends now, right? It's Tammy. Right, yep. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us here today. We're, we're talking about some really amazing work. Um, I, I love your work. And I, just before we get, yeah. get di- we dive into this, I want to just remind you all, there's a chat feature down at the bottom. If you have any questions at all during this conversation, please make sure, just click on chat, ask your questions. And as Erica mentioned, uh, she will jump in um, when the time's right with those questions. So thank you. And we will get to them. 
Um, I greatly appreciate that. Also, if you like the conversation, and I hope that you do, um, you will be able to hear it and see it again. Uh, Walker Zanger will publish the video and you will also be able to hear the audio on the Convo by Design podcast um, sponsored by Walker Zanger. Again, thank you. And if you're not familiar with the podcast, you can find us absolutely everywhere you get your podcast. With that, Tammy, welcome to the show, Rome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, love your work and wanted to get into it. I love the, the conversation that we've been having. Before we really jump, jump into this, I always, I'm a huge fan of the origin story, right? I love how you started and how you got to, to oh. the place you are today. And I think it's really important because, you know, designers and decorators learn their craft in a number of ways. Even most of it is through life, working for others, watching others. If you do go to you know, school for design, you cover a lot of history. You cover a lot of space mm -hmm. and lighting and color palettes and mostly history, but you don't necessarily, mm -hmm. they don't teach you this, the, the aspects of the business. They don't teach you right. um, really how the business is done. With that, I would I would love to hear your story and sort of how how you got into this business. Gosh, that's a long story. Um, but the cliff note version is um, I was nine and my parents bought a brand new house and they went through the process of building it from the ground up. And so every weekend I'd go to the job site with them and it was always in construction. And I just enjoyed, you know, seeing all the progress and seeing every step of the way, every, all the different stages and not recognizing that as a nine-year-old, what I was looking at, it just, I, it processed very well. And I understood what they were doing and what was happening. And then out of high school, you know, somehow figured, you know, with suggestions from my mom, start in school and, you know, took one class after one class, I was hooked. There was so many opportunities and so many different um, options and opportunities. It, it was, I'm, I don't like um, the same thing. I like, I love change. I'm a creature of change. I'm not a creature of habit. I'll change my ways if I have to, just because I want something new and exciting. Um, so I got into it immediately. And second, I got, um, started my education, I found this little mom and pop shop in Los Alamitos and went into their office. And I said, I'm a design student. I know nothing about design. I'm going to school and start me in the back, whatever you need to do, but teach me everything you can. And they hired me immediately. I worked with them through my entire career of, um, or my education through my de design schooling. Eventually, after I um, got all my education, I um, went on my own, and, or not went on my own, I started working for another designer. Um, I wanted to utilize every single um, feature, every skill, AutoCAD, rendering, everything I had been learning in school. Worked, started to work for another high-end designer, um, somehow got recruited from there and uh, worked for KB Homes doing luxury upgrades and um, helping people build their, their um, brand new houses. And I found there was one company was all about the furniture and fabrics, and then one was all about the build, and there was there was no connection between the two. Someone would come in, buy a brand new house, but I'm like, I need to know more about you. How do I know what I want your kitchen to look like? What's, I didn't have enough time. I didn't have enough um, information from them. It couldn't just be, what is the house going to look like? I need more. I need to know more about you. So working in the studio was amazing. I learned 
um, learned a lot, helped people with the construction side of things, but I wanted more and I didn't want to stop after that one appointment. So um, there was a recession, long story short, I went back out on my own, started my own design business, um, eventually took over the mom and pop shop that I started working with, rebuilt that company and just kind of rebranded myself. And I've started this new niche, this new niche um, where I want to be, I want to act like your general contractor, but I'm not your general contractor. I am a, a designer. And I will build, I will help you through the entire process from the very of your planning stage through the whole construction. How are we building it? What's the design going to look like all the way through let's install it job supervision and guess what? Let's furnish it. So I don't want to just specialize in one thing. I want to do everything. So I've created this niche. I'm not your contractor, but I help you with everything else. And I work side by side with your contractor or architect to make sure everything um, gets relayed and I don't miss out on any opportunity. I understand it from the beginning and it's my, it's my duty to keep them, you know, intact and hold their hand through that entire process. Really interesting. The, the design, per, the business perspective and where you're coming from. It's also interesting, mm -hmm. you know, de design school teaches you contracts, but they don't teach you business model, which I think is, is really interesting right? Because there are so right. many different, different oh, business yeah. models. So yes, yes. The, the how and the why that you chose this particular business model, what I'm most curious about is how you, you know, it's really mm -hmm. interesting. It's one thing to help somebody with everything that they do. It's another thing to be able to get your value for that and charge what you're worth. As a designer, let's remember that we you're helping people, you're doing right. remarkable things for people. But it's it's how do you um, how do you get your value? How mm -hmm. do you how do you how do you contract this? How do you sell the value? And by the way, I will I will take it one step further. You also have a showroom of your own, so you also manage that as well. How does it all work together? Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I just every every day, one foot in front of the other. You just my goal is every day to be better than I was yesterday. So what didn't work yesterday, I'm going to figure it out and we're going to make it work better today. And the end, my end goal is uh, my client being happy and um, making sure I have a design team, which there's four of us um, that like their job. They like what they're doing and we're passionate about what we're doing. And the client sees that and they know that and they appreciate that. And hopefully the contractors, everyone involved, involved um, understands that we wholeheartedly love this project as much as they do. And we're just as passionate about it as they are. And they see that. And as they see that, um, I think that's what continues them to, to work with us, refer us. And they don't stop with just one project. It keeps going and going and going. And through my process, you know, every day it's, okay, we're doing this now on our elevation. Okay, we're adding this detail. I don't want to miss this. Okay, you know, at the job site, I realize that we need more information up front. So everything I can do to better myself, every day I'm trying, trying to be better than I was yesterday. And, it, and it's, I mean, and having the showroom um, is important. It, what's, what's interesting too is, and, and I want to kind of start at, at the end, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about the work and we're going to do a deep yeah. dive into some of your projects in a little bit. Okay. Before we do that though, one of the things that we were talking about, which I find um, really important is we were talking about before we, we, hit the little red button here. Um, we were talking about 
the photography and social media as it relates to your business. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. really interesting to me how you pick and choose which projects you're going to photograph, how you can use photography as a, as a leveraging tool to get your clients to do more of the things that Mm -hmm. you want to do because you know, it's right for them in the end (laughs) and how you then leverage that photography into your social media, which in turn makes the wheel come full circle and gets you additional business. But it also satisfies that craving of your clients who want to show off the work Mm -hmm. that you're doing for them. So your philosophy on photography and social media. So without that, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right now. Um, I elevated my business and my client once I was able to actually professionally photograph my work and show what I was doing. Um, So social media, I mean, my website was great and I always try to get it better. But once I started photographing my work, people wanted to see more of it. And then they wanted to be, I feel like the client wants to be part of that. They want me to showcase them too. And they can see the caliber of the projects that we work on, you know, I mean, I started this almost 20 years ago and it was, I would bring out a portfolio of my photos of like photos of each house. And it was never that great. You know, you'd, you'd kind of show them a few things here and there and they kind of over, overly critique like, well, that's not my style. But when you're able to photograph it and and post it through the progress, um, showing that, hey, this house looked, this is what this house looked like. And it's raw form when it was to the studs, which is my favorite. I love seeing projects when it's to the studs and then all the way through to the drywall, you know, electrical drywall and then finished work. So they see the progress. They see that how it happens. It's not like all of a sudden, like HGTV, you know, it's before and after and it happened overnight. They can see through my stories that this is the phases that we take you in. And okay, that's been a few months. That's it's a realistic timeline. So I feel like my clients are more educated on the process and more educated on what I'm capable of doing by seeing short little like snippets of what I post on my on a daily basis, but then also see an entire project fully photographed and beautifully done in state. Um, and they see the caliber of the work that I'm doing. So I'm constantly, I've got, um, we just did two photo shoots yesterday. I'm constantly trying to keep up on that. It's very time consuming, but it's worth every penny that we put into it because people see the caliber of the projects. And every time I do a photo shoot, it's better than the one I just did. It, they constantly get better. Do you shoot uh, in-house or do you have photographers that you work with? Um, I have a photographer that I work with. Um I mean, I think I've used a couple, but one I've used for the last few years. So he, he gets me, um, what I'll do is I'll stage it. And then I let him get the angle that he's going to get. And he shows me, this is what it looks like. He lets me, you know, move a few things around, stage it a little bit better. Um, he might have a suggestion of the angle he wants, and then I'll have an idea of what I want. And we kind of collaborate together. So what about the photographer I currently use is he just works really well with me lets me have my own opinion, my own spin on it, but then they also can bring something to the table that I may not have seen already. And again, I can see it on his iPad. So I know what it's going to look like. And I get more critical over time before I'm like, oh, it's just a beautiful photo. But now I see different things that the client may not have, or that I might have seen before that the client's going to see. So we, we're constantly um, trying to stage that. And when I do the staging, I'll, actually, I'll benefit the client and I accessorize the job for them. Here's what I want. Here's I want you to finish the house, and it's actually an asset to them. I will place all the items. Here's what. Here's like how to get it photographed 
photographed ready. If you want to keep anything, I let them buy it at whatever expense I paid for it. So it's like a gift to them. I'm not charging them design time and I'm staging their house for them and they love it. It's a win-win. So that as of right now, it's been, it's been how I've got my clients to let me photograph their house. And of course they want to be, they want those photos. They want access to it. They want to share them. They take just as much pride in them as I do once they receive them. So it's been a, uh, it's interesting how that has evolved from when I first started doing professional shoots to now. It's, it's so, it's so true. And I think it's another one of these positive benefits of the situation in which we find ourselves for the last 10 months. The photography, I've always felt that professional photography is so important to the work that you do, not for the clients that you're doing the work for, but for you as a professional, and I've heard, right. I, I've heard oh, yeah. where, de- where designers yeah. would say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna prioritize the work. So if it's not a huge job, you know, maybe I don't shoot it. Um, I'm just gonna the expense. I'm just gonna put it towards mm-hmm. the the really big or the really you know interesting projects. And I think what people mm-hmm. have learned, what designers have learned between now and then, is don't always try to judge what your next potential client is going to want from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And also some of the houses that turned out the best, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I want to do a shoot of that house. I don't think it's my best. And they sometimes get the best feedback. And so I'm like, okay, you know, and it's just, you want to photograph as much as you can. It's time consuming. The expense to me, that's really the most money I put in marketing is just that that's it. So everything else is, you know, what, what Instagram, um, it's a little bit of house, um, not much on house, but you know, Google what's out there, but that's the only expense I really put into marketing and it's, it is worth everything. Do you also shoot your work, uh, for coverage in the shelter publications, or is that something that isn't because of social, it's not really on your radar anymore? Um, for, so what you're asking is like, do I shoot so that I can showcase my work and like try to get it published? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have never done that. Um, I don't know how to do that. I, I would love to be featured or, you know, showcased. Um, I'm just, I'm so thin with being very um, type A personality and very controlling and doing so many things. And I have two young children at home and my, I can only spread myself so far. So I kind of stop at that. Like, you know, I'd love to, um, but it's on like such the bottom of the like totem pole for me. I just want to do my job. If I get seen great, but I've never attempted to do any type of publishing, not that I'm not opposed to it. I would absolutely love to be part of it. I just couldn't even tell you where to start or how I would do it. So that being said, the, the social media, do you, do you do, you do that in-house with your team? Do you do that or does your team do that? (laughs) I do everything. <laughs> no, oh, I do a lot. I do a lot. I will ask. Okay. You're a control. I do a lot. I'm very, I'm, yeah, I am. <laughs> and I, and the, the amount of projects we take on a lot. I don't, I, I do the payroll. <laughs> I pay the bill. I do all of it. I do. I mean, I have help, but nothing goes through here without me looking at any of it. I have to oversee everything. So I'm a little, you know, crazy at times because it's overwhelming with how much I, I involve myself in, but that's, it's my business. How do you, how do you not? So I will get help, you know, maybe some content or run 
some ideas past what I'm thinking, but I mean, we're, I'm go, go, go all day, all day, all day. So if I post something, there's very little thought that goes into it. There might be a typo. I try not to, I very like critical, but it's like, it's in the heat of the moment. I posted, this is what I've done. And you know, it's very raw. You either appreciate it or you don't, I don't over edit. It's just, I want people to see what I'm working on. I'm proud of it. If I get the right shot, great. If not what, you know, I, so I do a lot of that myself too. You know, I, I like that approach. Um, it's kind of this wabi-sabi approach to, to marketing, <laughs> you know, the, the mistakes were made, they were made, you know, heart and hand naturally they were made. And so they should be out in the, yeah. in the, in the public, right. in the public sphere. Um, I, I, I yeah. think too. That's, that's it's, me. That's who I am. Yeah. 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 And by the way, it's interesting because I've, <laughs> I've always found it's so funny. You can look at somebody's social presence and it could be absolutely flawless and perfect. No misspelled words. And then you meet the person mm-hmm. and they're like, look, I'm going really fast. I make yeah. errors. I make, <laughs> I'll fix errors. You know, you don't have to worry about the, the job being, being mistake, you know, mistakes in the, in the work, but yeah, it's, it tells a lot about a person too, that when you see them in social media, if they turn out to be real in real life and exactly as you intended, I would also think that that's the better match yeah. between you and your client. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would rather put more time in my clients' projects than worrying about my content of what I'm posting. It to me, it's more important to I'm getting my job done right, and that's just an extra feature, extra layer that we're doing. But you know, we we try to be very careful, and I get better at how I post and what I post, um, and if it's worthy of being posted. Um, sometimes eh, it's not so great, and others, you know, the comments that you get and the feedback. You know, there's so many people that. I love what you're posting. I, I'm following this project and I, you know, I'll, I'll post a project from through de- and it's, I just put it on my stories from demo all the way through the end. And you can actually go on my Instagram page and see when this project started, the date it started and what it looked like along the whole entire way. And then the, what the end result is. So it's, it's pretty, I think it's pretty cool. Even for myself, what it looked like before and it's all life footage and, you know, so that's been um, really interesting and a great feedback that I've gotten from a lot of my followers is just, you know, keeping up with what I'm working on and them getting excited about what I'm posting as I get through it. What I've also found, and I'm curious if this has been your experience as well, the engagement with your followers, when you're authentic, mm-hmm. the, uh, the engagement's authentic. It, you know, it used to be, it drove me nuts. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, when I started my Instagram, <laughs> um, you know, I would try to just put out something like, here's who's coming up next. Here's what they're doing. Here's a new project that they're working on. And I would get a lot of the clap emojis and I'd get a lot of emojis in general, right? But I never got the kind of um, <laughs> engagement yeah. that I really wanted. I really wanted, and I looked through your social media and it's, re- it's really interesting. People are asking you, who'd you specify? Who did you use? Why'd you use them and not yeah. this? And, and I, I feel like that's probably way more rewarding for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I do get a lot of messages and emails and Instagram, you know, who did you use? What was, um, what was the color? What's the heart? You know, they want to inquire, they want to know. And I used to not want to (laughs) tell, I used to say that you can hire me and then I'll tell you. But then I realized, you know, if you're looking for it on your own, you're not my client anyway, you're just wanting some help and you're, you enjoy following me and you're kind of a do it yourself or my clients are the ones that don't want that. They want to look to me to do everything. So now I'm very, I'm very happy to share 
who I use and who I spec and you know, not all my resources, but most of my resources, I'm, I'm happy to share when I get time for it. You know, I want to combat comment and I want to, I want the feedback, but with limited time in between, sometimes I miss it, but I do try. I do try. The hardest one is what paint color did you use? It's like, you have to go into the client file and depending on the time when they ask, I'm like, I might have that information for you right now, but off the top of my head, I don't know, but I try to, I try to give everyone what they're looking for more now than ever. And I'm starting to tag who I used. And, you know, that, I think that goes a long way because again, if, if you're, you're copying me, that's a compliment. And um, if you want to use me, it's for the right reasons. You know, it's, it's so funny too, because I, I think that, you know, I, I believe strongly in the value proposition of designers. I think that it's not just it's not just being able to make a room beautiful or functional or mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. catered to the, to the psychology of your client. It's more than that. Um, and that's why, you know, when social media first became a thing, the idea that clients, you know, clients got really excited for, for the weirdest reason to me. And that is so that they could shop their designer to make sure that they weren't overpaying for the materials. And, and it's just, I've had this conversation with a lot of people about this. It's like, well, you're not, you're not paying for the product, the, the spread, the margin, that's right. not where right. the value is. The value is in what the, yeah. what the designer is doing for you. The fact that they source that I was talking to, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I was talking to a, a, a designer who was telling me, you know, decades ago, designers wouldn't, wouldn't go and necessarily pull a paint chip and say, you know, here's the, here's the color, here's the number, here's what we're running with. They would mix it on site. She was explaining to me, the painters would show up with white and then the pigments <laughs> to, 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 to mix in and they would custom mix. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a rare art form. And I think that, that what, yeah. what designers do, you know, and you have a showroom too. So you have people who are coming in and you're talking to them about, you know, wants and needs. And I'm curious, do you still mm-hmm. find yourself getting shopped a lot? Do you still um, do you still get questioned by your clients on, you know, well, you know, why am I paying for this or why am I paying for that? Mm-hmm. Is that something you still see a lot? Um, it was it would it got bad and then I basically um, decreased. And the reason why is I'm very upfront. Um, why I have this amazing studio is I, I pay a premium for a beautiful showroom and a beautiful location. And I have accounts with so many vendors. I'm not, I'm not the designer that works out of their garage. I have a studio, I have samples, I have display. So that is a total asset for the client. You know, I pay the premium um, for the client to benefit. And of course it helps me. I have all the product right here. I don't have to shop. I'm able to do so much more in, in an hour than a, than a designer that has to go to 10 different showrooms to get what they want. I have everything here. So um, that, that con- the question comes up, but I, I actually respond to that now before they ask it. And I let them know, you're hiring me for the full service. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to just consult with you. Not at this time. I used to, I don't want to do consulting only. I give you, I want the projects that they're going to order and purchase everything through me. And I'm going to give them a very good price with a very small handling fee on top of it. Because what you're not going to want to do as the client is when that light comes in and there is freight damage and all of a sudden the light bulb is broken, you're not going to want to deal with, 
returning that. I have a staff that's that's dealing with that. So um, you're not calling these online vendors. I, I'm calling them for you and I'm calling them with reps that I have relationships with. Maybe they broke it on accident. Maybe it broke in shipping. They don't ask me questions. They fix it and they bring, they get me a new one. So I explain that up front. What you're paying for is me to expedite that product. It's you're not getting the, you know, you'll, you could probably find anything I sell for the same price or maybe slightly less online. I mean, anything I sell you, I, I double check. Um, I don't ever want to gouge my client. Um, but there's always those online vendors that will just, I mean, they work off of volume. It's very, very low. They have very low margins. I can't compete with that. If I think they're going to shop that and that's what they want to do, that's not my client. My client is the one that doesn't want to deal with any of that. They want my resources. We do all of the elevations. We make sure accurate. The count of our tile quantities are accurate. Our contractors are slightly floored when I tell them I already know the quantity because we figured it all out for them. I know how many slabs of material you need. We've already figured it out. If I question it, I ask them. So I order all the material up front for them. If I miscounted, they're not going to know. I, I miscounted. I'm ordering it. I'm not. They're never going to know about it. But if they order it on their own and there's a miscount, then they have to deal with it. So I explain all those benefits up front to the client and they know automatically they want to use me. And if they don't realize that and I can see that it's kind of going sour, you know, the way I design, the way I charge my hourly rate, if it's not working, it's not working. You don't you want to you want to order on your own. You find it better to work with somebody else. If that's what you're looking for, that's not us anymore. I used to do that. But we are because I'm such a control freak, I have to be involved in every single step. I, you, I miss a step. You order something on your own. I'm at the job site. The contractor's looking for a piece of material. I have no idea where you ordered it. If the color is right, did you order the spec that I wanted? It makes my job harder. And then I build them more hourly because I have to backtrack what they did. So it's in their benefit to use me. And if, I will always give the best pricing I possibly can. There's just some times that we just can't. And if they find it that way, I tell them, let me know, show it to me. Let me see. Let me talk to my rep. What can I do? But I think they trust that up front. And once I discuss that and disclose that, then they stop shopping and they know, okay, you know, what? I'm getting the best price I can. Tammy has it under control. She's handling it. I can think about something else other than this project. You have it under control. Solid. That is a <laughs> solid strategy. <laughs> well, it's taken a while I to get there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure it has. And, and with that, um, this is actually a perfect time to get to some of the projects that we have to look at. And I'm really, you know, it's funny. This is, this is my favorite part. I love the conversation. I really do. And, and the origin stories, I love learning how pe how designers started their firms. Um, but when we get to the to the work itself and we get to do these micro case studies and we get to do sort of a deep dive in the thought be in the thought process behind the work and then you get to see it, uh, it, it always sort of for me, it really brings it full circle. So with that, I think, Erica, yeah. we're starting with kitchens, are, are we not? Yes, we are. Sorry. I love I love that. No. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So first observations, um, mm -hmm. that herringbone is amazing. <laughs> I, I, so, and Thank it's you. funny because nowadays <laughs> I used to, I, I sometimes, I always used to start with different, with different parts of a project, but for some reason, the last probably four or five years, what I've been seeing done in backsplashes 
Um, and the use of tile is just so creative. Um, and it just mm-hmm. makes, it, it just finishes the space. So, but before I, I start gushing even more, tell me about this, this kitchen, tell me about this project. <laughs> Who did you design it for? And what, what, was, what, was, what was their direction to you? So this project is, um, this, this took a while. Um, this client who I absolutely adore um, is in North Tustin. She has a ranch style home, a beautiful backyard, a beautiful front yard, the cutest little family. She like, they're just adorable. And she, she knew, she knew what she wanted before she hired me, um, but she couldn't put it all together. And she doesn't trust herself or her decisions. And I found that they went through the process with her is she need she needed me to be very bold and blunt with her and, and keep her in the right direction. She, you know, she kind of got a little um, unsure of herself. And then once I was sure of, of what the direction she was going in, it just, the process just becomes so much smoother. But this was a tiny, tiny little kitchen and um, with a tiny little window um, out that kitchen sink. And we, we basically um, opened up a wall that was a hallway to make this grand, beautiful kitchen. Um, her kid, or she, you know, I think she worked, she believes she works from home and she wanted a desk. Um, so you can kind of see that computer off to the side. So she wanted a beautiful area um, where she could hang out with her kids, cook. She loves to cook. Um, you know, they have three young, young children. They needed a space where they could all gather together. She knew what she was looking for. She wanted more of this kind of modern farmhouse twist, but not too farmhouse. Um, just something that traditional and classic that just went with the style of the home and something that she would love, you know, 10 years out. And so, uh, you know, after a while of really digging through all the different options and different locations and we're replacing everything, we just, we came up with this and it's, um, she still loves it. I mean, I still see her and we're still doing more projects throughout the whole house. And that's how, you know, you did a good job. They keep calling you back. And <laughs> I think it turned out beautiful. I love the, um, the white with the black and the, the black with the brass fic, you know, finishes. She was very, the one thing that she had to have that she was very specific about is she had to have that herringbone backsplash. And I was happy to give it to her, but I wanted it to be a unique shape. Finding that shape uh, was hard, hard to find that a little more elongated tile. But we found it and that right grout color. I mean, it always looks beautiful, but it, you know, it's, it does take a minute to really get the scale the way you want it. And the grout color is it's such a simple, small detail and it completely changes the entire look of the space by just the simple grout color that you put with it. It's, it's amazing. It really is. Uh, sorry, Eric. Yeah, there we go. It's, it's black and white and brass all over. Here are some interesting. <laughs> here's some interesting things that I that I find with this project that I love so much. I, I think the black versus the white. Go. It does. It's not shocking, and I also love how you managed to tie it mm-hmm. into the lighting and the 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 fixtures for the for the lighting. Um, I imagine that at night. <laughs> this is a very, very dramatic space, whether the cans are on and all of the lighting is on, or it's mm-hmm. simply the cans are off and you, you've got spotlighting. Um, I think where you place the lighting yeah. is amazing. I think it's, it's, it feels extremely functional to me. Um, so I, I love the space. The one question I have is, when did you decide that and first of all, I totally get it. You're absolutely right about the grout. Had you gone with a lighter grout at all 
it would have completely washed it out and you wouldn't get that drama of the herringbone. But I'm curious, when did you just- Exactly. And that was the challenge. When did you decide to go full with, to take the backsplash around the corner? Was that the original plan or was that an afterthought? To take the backsplash around the corner, like where the debt, where it continues to the desk area or over the sink? Yeah. The desk yeah, area? No, all the way to the, all the way to the desk. Yeah. Um, be- because the ultimate goal was to open this kitchen up um, and make it as large as possible. I didn't want the to feel like an afterthought. I wanted it to be part of the kitchen where I know there's a desk. Um, it's practical, but I didn't want it to look like it was forced. And I, if we spend all this money to restructure this entire space and open everything up, if you cut that backsplash off, you just cut the room in half. So the, the backsplash, in my opinion, makes that room feel bigger and um, allows that, you know, if you cut that backsplash off, I feel like it would kind of stop your eye and you would just think, okay, the kitchen stops here. So carrying things all the way through is very important of rooms. Um, if I want your eye to keep going, you have to continue something. And, and I felt that the grout or the backsplash was the one continuing feature that had to go over there. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, and like I said, the continuation with the, with the black, with the black lampshade, you know, above uh, lighting above, you know, above the black cabinetry, I just think it's fantastic. Uh, okay, Erica, next, please. Oh. So, uh, it's funny, I had the same, I didn't make it audibly, but I had the same reaction as you just had. Uh, the Again, <laughs> again, it is amazing to me. I, I love the backsplash, but I also love, I, I love that waterfall. I did, I love what you did internally. T- take me through this project. So this one is right here in my backyard in Seal Beach. And coming to see this client, and again, love her. Mm. I, I end up loving all of my clients. She is the um, cutest, um, funnest, most energetic little history teacher with young, young children. And they actually hired me after they'd already started construction, and which is okay. Um, but I was able to make some changes and suggestions before they went too far because of that space it's we're in Seal beach right so we don't have a lot of um we don't have a lot of property and a lot of width to the homes it's always very narrow so you'll see a lot of projects that i do um constantly well constantly doing a banquette because i want to spread everything out as possibly as far as i can um but she's just so so much fun and so energetic and just such a cute family and we had to have fun with this and go bold where we can but i didn't want it to be overkill so she was very open and um you know took a bunch of different, you know, or let me kind of get creative with her. And I felt like this project, I mean, every time I go down her street, I want to go back in there, but she, uh, she still absolutely loves it. I mean, we, we did this a few years ago. And um, again, that's why I moved to Seal Beach. I fell in love with the city always coming down here, but you know, there's, you have to play with where you're putting a lot of pattern and balance everything off. So where nothing is competing with one another and just, you know, spend all this money to smooth and flatten out all these walls I didn't want to lose the texture with the with the backsplash, so we did a white grout here, 
if I had done a pattern grout, I'd see almost too much pattern and it would take away from the beautiful island. So you again had to play with where do I want my eye to go and then where do I want it to continue around that. So we chose the focal point is that island. The, sec- the soon as you walk in that door, what you see is this, that pattern tile around that island framed by that waterfall. And you just, you're in heaven. The second you walk in, it's just beautifully done. It's not overkill. I feel like it's, it's fun, but again, tasteful and um, completely goes with the style of the entire home and the exterior matches the interior. So, you know, I, I, I just love this, this project. This is probably one of my favorites I've done too. And the lights, the lights as well. And the floating shelves and, you know, all the fun features you get to add. I was able to do every single element in this one. Sorry, Josh, I am going to jump in here because I think we are seeing a bit of uh, a through line in some of these designs. And it's not just the, it's these, it's this natural nod with the wood finishes that you're selecting. Um, In the previous project, we saw that full vent hood with with this nice bold wood detail. And then we see it again here. It's a little bit more delicate. But it's such a such right. an elegant way to bring nature into our home and into our space. And I just you've done such a really nice job of kind of honoring the window and the view and what folks are seeing outside uh, and bringing that inside. So mm-hmm. that's another spot, right. spot that I Thank think you. is just so lovely. The only other thing that I would that I would add to that uh, about you. this project in, in particular really is the blending and matching. Um, but also this one, you know, you're really showcasing a, a space where, where shapes like the shapes from the light against the window and also the mixed metals uh, with the, there's just Erica, to your point, there's so many different surfaces and materials here represented in one space, but they all blend together. And I think that, you know, the through line, you use banquettes a lot. Um, and I think that's, it's just a, it's a great method for creating so much more seating where you don't necessarily have so much space to do it. Right. And with this design, there was almost not going to be enough room for a dining room at all. So we got very creative with it and ended up with the best dining space by doing that. Yeah. Love it. So it's, it's funny too, that, that veining from the from the island into the wall, um, how you how you sort of took it from there and you you carried it through, uh, and again, yes. the the wood warms it up, the color palette warms it up a little bit. I I, I love this again. Um, take mm-hmm. me through this one. So this one's in Long Beach and they are, um, have a spin on this mid-century, which I don't do a lot of mid-century, um, but I love, um, I love being able to do something different and create, you know, there, these, this one is very different from the other two that you just showed. And that's the beauty of my job is being able to figure out what it is that they're looking for and then uh, show it to them. But this was, this job, again, fun, young family, young children, uh, there was a wall. This actually where the bar stools are. There was a wall that completely cut off their kitchen from the main. Room. When you have young kids and their friends are over and they're cooking, you know, everyone wants to be in this together. So opening this up was important. And those wood floors, um, we had an amazing floor guy who laced in the original uh, Long Beach, you know, oak wood floors to blend like it was 
you know, not an afterthought, all of it was a continuation. And that um, veining obviously is the countertop backsplash and seeing that install was, I, I couldn't miss it. I had to be there, be present when they installed that, but how tricky to get that perfectly up on that wall. And then to frame out the windows with just a thin piece of wood was um, very tricky and took a lot of coordination to figure out the right sizes. And the hood, that was a uh, funny story. That hood wasn't, didn't look like that probably a week, a week prior to when they were going to build it. And I woke up at two in the morning and I completely redesigned the hood and said, we need to change the hood. It doesn't look right. And um, somehow came up with this never seen this before and just something a little bit different and more unique that again, I wanted to know the hood was there, but I wanted to see more of the veining and the windows and a few other things. I wanted a unique shape to it. So it, that was like a change order that happened and the clients were amazing. They, they were like, okay, we trust you. Go ahead, change the design. And then the, the cabinet guy built it, you know? So it, it's interesting. I will warn a client every once in a while that even though we designed it this way, I might just, you know, every once in a while, something comes through my head and let's change it. Well, let's do something different as I get to know them and understand the caliber of how much input they will give me and how much more elevated I can bring them. I'm getting more and more um, confident and telling them let, we're changing Let's Let's go with it. And they, and they, they, they agree and they, they listen and I love it. So, but this is, this was, this turned out really cute. It was, a I mean, the house looks three times the size that it did when I first walked in and I, when I first um, took on the project. And now again, you walk in and it's such a huge open space that, you know, with two, two young kids, three, two young kids, um, you know, young age and doing their homework and the, the parents like to hook. It's one big open area where everyone can be together. When you said that there used to be a wall going through there, as mm -hmm. you're talking, the first thing that I looked for was to see if I could detect where in the wood floor the wall was. And I couldn't. And yeah. then you started talking about the, you know, installing, you know, the backsplash. And, and I, I just wanted to ask you, you know, this particular project brings, brings the point home. Uh, tell me about your relationship with fabricators and with the craftsmen that you, that you work with. Finding the right trades to work with is is often a, a real challenge, and I'm and I'm curious, yeah. um, sort of your relationship with the trades and how you how you go about that. So that's funny that you ask. So when I take on a project, I let the contract. I you know they hire me. My typical client will hire me. I do all of the designing, um, and if they have a contractor they want to work with, I don't no problem. But I usually will steer them with the right contractor that I believe would work best for them. And the very beginning um, of when I started this, I had to be so involved with the cabinets and the countertops that I wouldn't let the the contractor use their own. I said, I need to, as if you're going to do this project, I'm using my fabricator and my cabinet guy because of how involved I am. And with all of the design details, I don't want to be that designer that says, just build this. I want to understand how you build it and make sure that it's possible. I'm, I can't propose it to the client. And then the cabinet guy comes back and says, sorry, you can't do this. It's not functional. It's not going to work. I like to walk through it and talk with them, make sure that my vision is going to work. Or do you have a better suggestion? What, you know, what can you come up with? Um, so all those little details, how thick I want to make the edge, what the edge profile is going to, edge profile is going to be, how far it's going to stick out from the cabinet. If it's inset versus full overlay, there's so many little details. If I'm not there when they go to template, something is getting messed up. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, you spread yourself kind of thin, but it's important to be there when you're 
when we turn into, you know, after you're the designer, you're now the project manager, you do job supervision and you have to be there and you have to have a relationship with those. Those are the two. Sometimes the flooring, I kind of let some of the flooring go that, you know, the contractor handles that the majority of the time. But the two that I am most involved with are those cabinets and those countertops. I totally get that. Hey, Erica, would you do me a favor? Yep. Um, could we could we skip forward a little bit and go yep. to some of the bathrooms? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's really interesting too. Um, when you go from and I I, I love your There's kitchen. There's that you know wood I, detail again. That's yeah, so great. Yeah, yeah. And I also Custom. love the <laughs> right smart. Yeah, and it's it's diverse, um, and I think that, that that's what's interesting too. I, I I've, I've said this before. Eric has heard this a million times from me. I think I've often said that, you know, when I first started doing convo by design, I would ask designers, "So, what's your style?" And it's not a it's not a stupid question. It's just a pedestrian one, right? It's a very ba- it's like well, no. good designers don't right. have a style, and that's what I kind of realized over the years that the really good designers don't have a style. They can do anything. They could do mid-century modern. They could do modern. They could do contemporary. They could do Spanish colonial. You can do anything, but you will always see a certain through line, a certain, and it's their fingerprint, right? They'll have a fingerprint that you can look at the work and say, oh, (laughs) okay, I, I see this. And a lot of the work that you do has this through line. So I love this bathroom. It's and we, you and I were talking about small spaces before. This is not a huge space, and so I'm curious. When you first saw this, how did you decide what you wanted to do with it? You know, it kind of takes a little while to, to get there, but um, you know, I, I'm when I'm at the client's house and they're walking through what they want, what they want to have done. I list, I'm listening. But I see past whatever is there. All I see is walls. I don't see what they have currently. I don't know what's existing. I envision all of that being gone, and I and I start from scratch. Um, and this particular client wanted, uh, I think, I, I can't even remember now. Um, I believe they had a deck mounted tub where the free standing tub is, and it just made that bathroom look even smaller than it already was. And it has these funky you know, you go into some of these, like, I want to say even like 90 style built homes, they have these funky soffits and like over built out like moldings that I don't know what they were thinking and where the design style like started and began, but it took up so much space. And so like, take that out, knock that down. And this wall, surprisingly, because of how that house was built, was it has a like, a, um, it was, it wasn't flush. There was almost like a, a pop out where that vanity was or not. Yeah. Where the vanity is. And then it jetted back where the, um, where the freestanding tub was. So my goal was to unify the space and make it feel bigger. So a deck mount tub is way too big, um, for a small space. So opening it up with more of a streamlined, smaller soaking tub, um, and then carrying that, you know, that wood floor all the way through, where you can see around it, I, I feel opens it up and that beautiful view. I mean, that view off that window is real. It's not a Photoshop. It's the, and that's in your Belinda. It's a beautiful, gorgeous view. And what it was before, you didn't even see that. It had dark colors. Um, there, I think there was like a tower in the middle of the vanity. There, I mean, there's so many things that made this bathroom feel smaller and smaller and smaller. So my goal was to give them a double vanity. It's his and hers. Give them functional space, but add something creative and unique to the design. And they, again, these open to any, they had a kind of a few ideas of what they wanted. They wanted a full length mirror. Um, not, I don't always love doing full length mirror, full length mirrors. Like 
like to kind of break it up a little bit and do something in between. And this one, I was actually really happy with how this pulled off because it is such a small space that mirror actually opens it up to where you can see more. Um, and then just white everywhere and the molding, you know, I, I either like to tile a full vanity back wall or do some type of specialty like feature on that back wall to just, again, elevate some some architectural detail or style versus just a flat drywall. Again, it's all white. So it, again, it kind of carries your eye, makes it feel bigger. But if you notice in the mirror, it's darker on the other side. It almost yep. got too white. So I need a little contrast. So we popped the black on the other side and it just kind of honed everything in. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I I was noticing in the mirror that that you it's similar to that that kitchen that we discussed you sort of took this took a similar idea um where you you know, it's not whitewashed. It it really mm -hmm. warms it up a little bit. Um and I and I love that. I love that. And then again the cabinetry mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. is that is that cabinetry from your cabinet guy? Yeah, custom. Is, yeah. <laughs> All yeah. Of my cabinets are custom. Yeah, beautifully done. <laughs> beautifully done. Okay, Erica, um, next one, please. Okay. Oh, that's fine. So <laughs> this, this one is, I, I love this. I love what you've done with the mirrors. I love the, I love the, the, the brass. Um, I love the color. Now, you, what you can't tell, uh, by the way, love how the mirrors are influenced by the window. So it's not matchy-matchy but it's definitely influenced yes. by it and you you sort of carried it through and i and i absolutely love that um yeah is this a main bathroom or is this a guest bathroom what's the purpose here this is the a twin twin boys bathroom okay. so the homeowner um loves color you know something fun and funky and it had to be functional enough for two i believe at the time they were maybe like seven or eight um, it had to be something fun, but they could grow up with that wasn't too juvenile and also carried through the rest of her home. So uh, again, custom cabinets to, you know, fully function for both boys, one on each side. Um, the pattern was amazing. And I, I strongly believe this, this is job was done over, I think four or five years ago before I feel like the blue and the brass, the blue and the brass is really that big. Now I feel like you kind of see it everywhere. And this was first I had seen was so much play with that. And this bathroom is one of the most um, talked about that I see on um, any of those social media platforms. They, whom, what color is the cabinet? You know, um, wh where's that pattern tile from? I get so constantly, even though it was done so long ago, people are constantly asking where I got all this stuff from. And um, the mirror is, I think, funny because the mirror thing people want and they're, you can't find them. They're, they don't come that color. And I was looking everywhere, such high and low for the exact size because they had to be small. It's really compact in that space. It had to be small. And the only color I found them in, I think it was like a stainless steel, which would absolutely wouldn't work. So I had my um, my like, faux finisher kind of painter. I gave her the color of my of the brass finish. And I said, just paint these that color brass. So mm -hmm. she did. And so when people ask where you can find it, you, you can't, you know, we kind of had to custom make it to make everything work. And that it's more of like a brass copper feel. And it just, you know, it just, I think that play against that blue, that deep blue is just stunning. And with, and the pattern, I, I was in love with that pattern. That's a cement, a cement tile. And, and by the way, what's, what's really interesting too, I just want to point this out and sort of get your take on it. When it comes to custom, there's always this conversation of, 
you know, custom is always going to be more expensive. That's not necessarily mm -hmm. true, especially when it gets you exactly what Absolutely you want. Absolutely not. If you ever wonder why Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That is um, so true. And I have, I used to sell semi-custom and I never could get what I wanted. I never could get what I wanted. And I'm not that kind of person that you can tell no to. <laughs> I want you to do what I want you to do and I want to make it work. And that was hard for me. You know, how, what do you mean? I can't, I can't have a 26 inch cabinet with you know, whatever it might be with this, like, uh, that's what I want, build it. Well, by the time you go semi-custom and you have your semi-custom guy um, custom make it, I price myself out of the market. But if you start custom and, you know, it, you can be in a, um, it doesn't have to be that much is it more expensive. It's actually sometimes a wash. What really makes cabinets more expensive is the species of the wood, the, the door, um, a specialty finish, you know, and if semi-custom or not, you're, you're kind of in that same category with both elements. So I've, you know, I've just decided semi-custom just isn't the way for me. And I find that I have so much more control and I get the exact the functionality that I need by going custom. Yeah. Um, okay. This is the one I'm going to end it with. Um, and this is my favorite bathroom of yours. And we were talking before, and it's my favorite for, for one reason and one reason only. Um, I love the work, but I also, I'm a huge admirer of, of small spaces as it relates to designers and their work. Because I think that a big space and a big budget, not that it diminishes the, the talent level, the talent that you have, but certainly small spaces always make you work harder. And I love this space. Um, I, I, first of all, I also love the the tile that goes that you carried through wall to wall. I just love what you did with this small space. And I'm curious, when you saw this, what were your first thoughts? Were your first thoughts like, how am I going to do this, or mm -hmm. did you know exactly where you wanted to go? Um, I knew immediately. Well, it's. I'm surprised that the view of the space is even as open as that the photographer was able to get that big of a view, but the, the doorway getting into that bathroom, we had to do a um, barn door. It's, I, it's not even 24, maybe 24 inches, which is not ideal. Absolutely. Um, it should even be bigger, but it's very small. And it was already the opening, the space was already predetermined before I got there. It wasn't a, a new construction or remodel. It was just this bathroom, this is the same, this is the same, um, how, that black and white house, the first kitchen that you did. This is the, this is the, um, homeowner's office bathroom that that's for her. So she wanted something fun, you know, something fun, um, something that had some character that was a little, a little bit feminine for her, but not overkill because she has, you know, boys in the family and, and she wants anyone to be able to use it. So I just knew going into it, whatever we did, to make that bathroom feel somewhat bigger, you had to carry that tile all the way across and to make it worth it, it needed to be something fun and, uh, and a pattern. Um, otherwise, you know, it kind of carries your eye to continue looking both ways, like forward and um, wide. So this, that pattern, I just absolutely love because you get kind of the, you get a little bit of color and you get a little bit of pattern, but it's not so bold and in your face that you're going to get sick of from, you know, quickly. It just, it flows with the red house and that, that kind of spa zen feeling is what she was looking for, but yet she still wanted to carry that. And the last thing I'll say is that 
that tile, which is the curved chevron uh, from the Sixth Avenue collection from Walker Zanger, really is. I, I love both. I love the tile and that color is one of my absolute favorites. So I, I love that project. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. be- beautifully mm-hmm. done. Thank you. With that, that kind of takes us full circle. Um, you know, Tammy, I, I, I love your work. I, I love your work ethic. I, I love your you. uh, your fearlessness. The you know, you want to control it all, but you're not afraid to make mistakes. And I think that that's really important uh, for, for what you do. I love your work. And I really, really appreciate uh, you coming on and joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Erica. Thank you to everyone who joined us for this uh, live conversation. And thank you, Walker Zenger, for your continued support. And thank you for listening. Without you, what is the point? If you're not already a subscriber to the show, what are you waiting for? It's super easy. You can find Conflict by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Ask your smart speaker to play Conflict by Design. It's really that easy. Follow along on the socials and check out our YouTube channel for videos from some of your favorite episodes like this one with Tammy Avila of Tamara Renee Designs. Thanks again for listening to the show. Keep creating and remember, take today first. (laughs) 